And you might be shocked to hear that Canada has allowed grounded Boeing 737 MAX jets to fly without passengers. Now, you know, Transport Minister Mark Arno banned the planes from Canada's airspace in March after two crashes within five months in Indonesia and Ethiopia killed 346 people, including 18 Canadians. He said earlier this month he won't lift restrictions on the planes until all of Canada's safety concerns have been addressed. Why then? Has Canada allowed at least 160 flights to crisscross North America using Boeing 737 MAX jets since the uh, fleet was grounded from commercial use almost a year ago? To answer those questions and get to the bottom of it, Larry Vance joins us. He's former Transportation Safety Board aviation crash investigator, and he has a book called uh, MH370, Mystery Solved. Welcome to the show, Larry. Good to have you on again. Well, it's good to be with you, Kelly. So how is it that um, Air Canada, Transat, and uh, Sunwing are flying some of these uh, 737 MAX jets across North America um, while they're grounded? Well, these aircraft are grounded for commercial service. They're grounded for for taking passengers on normal passenger flights. But in fact, there are rules that allow airplanes like that to be flown around for other purposes not in commercial service, obviously not with paying passengers or any passengers on board. They're very specific uh, flights for specific reasons, and and uh, and it, it's certainly allowed under the air regulations. What reasons would they need to fly uh, a 737 MAX jet? Well, they, there's a number of reasons. They, some of them have to do with just positioning. They, You know, if you have an airplane that's somewhere where you don't want it to be, uh, it's, it can be expensive to have an airplane parked uh, at, a, at an airport somewhere uh, all by itself. They want to bring them to a central location. Uh, sometimes they have to do it for uh, uh, maintenance reasons. The airplanes aren't meant to be parked somewhere and set. They're meant to be flown. And you, you can't you can't just set them and leave them for, for weeks and, in this case, months and months on end. And, and it, it's really not good for them. What happens to them, Larry? Well, it's similar to what, what if you left your car sitting there. You know, you have to run the brakes. You have to run the systems. You have to run the flaps up and down. You have to move the controls. All this stuff gets, if it sits there, it just starts to, to deteriorate. Like like I say, it would be similar to your car. If you parked it for a year and then you went out to run it, geez, you never know what you're going to find. In, you know, little leaks and seeps here and there and creaks and groans. And, and, and it's the same thing with airplanes. If, if you don't run them and maintain them, they really do deteriorate just sitting there. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you know, they, they take these kind of airplanes when, they, when they're going to park them for a long time. Airplanes are taken out of service sometimes, and typically they'll fly them to Arizona and put them in the desert and, you know, where there's low humidity and, and uh, they don't go through the uh, winter times and all those sorts of things. It, it just keeps them in, in better shape. They button them up and leave them down there. And, uh, of course, we don't have those kind of conditions here in Canada, especially. Right. These are flights that have been grounded, but uh, or planes that have been grounded. But the hope is, and, you know, is that they will be using these planes to fly us around eventually again. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, they have to they have to keep them in, in reasonable shape. And, and, well, they have to keep them in perfect shape. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's and, – and the other reason that they're flying them around, there's absolutely no doubt they're doing it for, for training purposes. Uh, somebody has to stay current on these airplanes because at some point they're going to be reintroduced into service. When that happens, the the pilots who are are about to fly them 
they don't just jump in and go. They have to have check rides and and they have to be brought up to speed. And if they can do some of that while they're sitting there and do it safely, there's really not much reason not to do it. Paul Naroji lost his wife, three children, and his mother-in-law in in the Ethiopian crash. We've had him on the show before. It's just a devastating and sad story. He is really concerned about this. He's concerned for the safety of the pilots in the air flying these uh, 737 MAX jets and also for Canadians on the ground. Do you think that his concerns are founded as somebody that's worked in the aviation industry? You know, I I have a complete understanding of why he would have those concerns or that level of concern when you when you suffer a loss like that my god my heart goes out to him it's and 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 the emotion that he's approaching it with is is right on the surface and and just as one human to another you say i understand what you're saying but then you turn put my other hat on and say okay what's the danger here and and i can tell you without a doubt that there's no danger to to the pilots who are flying those airplanes, there's certainly no danger to anybody on the ground. It's uh, it's 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 not like these aircraft are 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 going to start dropping out of the sky and landing on people. It's it's just not going to happen. Well, they're, how they're can you say that, Larry? Just you know, and I'm not, I'm not meaning to be devil's advocate. Just out of curiosity, how can you say that with such confidence when we did have to fall out of the air? Yeah, well, the, of course, the circumstances that they that they fell out of the air under the, those those even the airplanes. This this might sound anyway. I'll say it. Yeah. The the the, the, the airplanes that crashed could have been saved. Even those two, had they been flown by by Boeing check pilots, for example. If those two flights had been flown by Boeing check pilots, those two accidents would not have happened, because the Boeing check pilots even back then knew enough about the system that was that was malfunctioning the MCAS system they knew about that potential and they knew how to turn it off the problem was back then that the, the guys who were flying the airplane didn't know that the system was even in the airplane they didn't know how to react quickly they didn't know how to turn it off and and so that those airplanes even back then could have been flown safely had they been flown by the by the the, the top test pilots at Boeing. And of course, that's not how the world works. They, they weren't flown, but not to take anything away from these guys who were flying them, the, mm-hmm. poor, the poor guys who crashed the airplanes. I don't take anything away from them. But what I'm saying is the world was not prepared. The aviation world was not prepared for those airplanes to be flying the way they were configured at the time. Now, fast forward here to, to months and months later where everybody knows what happened. Everybody knows that, that uh, uh, what to do in that in that event, so, you know the, the the computer fixes and the and the hardwire fixes and everything are are happening to those airplanes. But at the same time, those airplanes, in my mind, my professional opinion, are perfectly flyable safely, and especially with the constraints that they have on them for these test flights, where they are being flown by pilots who have been specifically trained specifically tested to make in in simulators and so on to make sure that they know exactly how to turn that MCAS system off if it did happen to to uh, to cause them some concern and the rest of the airplane is a Boeing 737 that's been around for decades it flies without issue the issue was the MCAS system but and, didn't they and, change the uh the actual uh they put bigger engines on the plane though didn't they and move them a bit forward yeah that didn't make them inherently Dangerous. Okay. No, it did not. That that the, the configuration of the airplane is just fine. What they had to do was put this MCAS system on there to make sure that in certain 
uh, aerodynamic conditions that were really outside or near or outside the envelope where normal pilots would get, that the airplane would react the same way that the previous versions of the 737 would act. And and it, it's all at the margins. It's all way out at the margins of controllability of the airplane. And and there there is really no concern with that. The airplane itself, the structure of the airplane, the engines and everything like that is is perfectly viable. It was this MCAS system that had it in in a uh, in a, a, a condition where if that failed, they hadn't told the pilots what to do and how effectively to control that, and and that 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 was the problem. And unfortunately, my God, it led led to all these deaths, and 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 that was a, a, a most unfortunate thing. I, th- I think the most shocking thing about this story today, Larry, that we're finding out, you know, that uh, 737 MAX jets have fl- flown across North America with our, through our Canadian airlines about 160 times. So who knows how many American flights have been. Uh, that grounding doesn't mean uh, not flying. It just means not flying with customers. That you can yeah, still actually, right. you know, take off and land in uh, 737 MAX jets. And it's happening around North America. Yeah, sure. And, and, and you know what? This This happens all the time like i have personally conducted ferry flights and and test flights years ago when i used to fly you'd take an airplane and something would happen to it the maintenance guys would fix it up and they say okay uh, somebody has to take that up and check and make sure that everything is fine now i would take it up or my my crew and me would take it up and and we check it all out we didn't have any passengers on board uh, we say, okay, nope, you didn't quite get it right. Bring it back. Try again. It's, wow, Larry, you're braver than most. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not a matter of bravery. Uh-huh. At all. There's no, there's no, no danger to it. You know what? You, it's not like you're taking it up, wondering whether the wing is going to fall off. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about about issues that need to be checked out by the airplane flying around. This is not what's happening here with the with with the 737. They're moving these things around for other reasons. But well, what I'm saying is that they have a margin of safety that is just, I mean, that would be the last airplane right now that I would expect would ever crash. The 737 MAX flying around today on these ferry flights is the last airplane that's going to that's gonna crash. I have that level of confidence in it. All right, Larry. Well, I got to leave it at that, unfortunately, because I am out of time. But thank you so much for your time. Well, it's nice talking to you. Cheers. That's Larry Vance, former Transportation Safety Board Aviation Crash Investigator.